0: This is your go-to podcast for the breaking news across the NFL, while breaking down how this might affect your fantasy team's success. Are you ready to be a champ? Then welcome to Fields
1: of Fantasy.
0: And welcome to the Fields of Fantasy podcast, Pestle and Ed with you here to continue our journey through the NFC South, and today we have the New Orleans Saints. So excited to talk some New Orleans Saints
1: football, Ed. Um, I think excited pushing it. I think there, there, there's some interesting players to talk about, um, but I don't really expect this the Saints to be competing too much this year. Uh, although they might surprise a few people, I'm very excited
0: to talk about one Saint in particular who I've been very high on all off season. Um, a lot of people disagree on my hot takes, but we shall talk about Mr. Alave shortly. But the one thing that I don't think we can really question with the Saints is that. They have had an upgrade at quarterback in the offseason. Derek Carr isn't the upgrade name maybe you want to hear, uh, but is considerably better than uh, than your favourite ginger, Mr Andy Dalton, <laughs> and is significantly better than the, I mean, the, sometimes the fantasy phenomenal, but sometimes the absolutely abysmal James Winston as well, who'll be his backup. So Derek Carr joins the Saints, currently going off the board as QB 24. Around round 14, 15, potentially one or two drafts, depending on people's draft strategies. He may end up being undrafted, but he's going most places where people are taking backups. He has only been a top 12 quarterback for fantasy once, and that was in 2016. Every year around that, though, he's been quarterback 13 to 20. So he's a steady QB2, so a super flex target. He will usually repay you. The issue with him, he doesn't rush. So he averages 93 yards per season and only nine rushing touchdowns in nine years. So what we say about those elite quarterbacks, those quarterbacks are always a QB1. That rushing part of their game is obviously very, very important. So that really caps that upside. But I think if Michael Thomas is even only 60% of his old self, this is arguably the best receiving group I think Derek Carr has maybe ever had. So looking over the last three years, 2020, He had Waller, Aguilar, Renfro, and Ruggs, and he threw for 4,103 yards. 2021, Renfro, Waller, Edwards, and Zay Jones were his top receivers, 4,804 yards. Last year, Adams, obviously an elite wide receiver, but then behind him, Hollins, Moreau, and Jacobs as a running back was the next up on the receptions, 3,500 yards. He always does Decent numbers, nothing to really kind of make it pop. He doesn't tend to have huge, huge weeks, but he is reasonably reliable as far as a QB two goes. In 2022, Saints with Dalton, Winston, and Hill playing at quarterback achieved 3,969 yards passing, and that was with Alave, Johnson, Kamara, and Shahid. Surely that's going to improve. I'm expecting we'll probably see around the, I don't know, maybe 4,300, four and a half thousand yards from him this year. He's got Alave, Thomas, Shahid, Johnson. Even Foster Murray, will talk about later. Don't discount that prior familiarity. But there were a lot of question marks last year. There is a reason he is no longer at the Raiders, despite how horrendously he was treated. He had a poor year. Interception rate of 2.8% and completion rate of only 60.8%. At the best, I think it's a strewn quarterback for injuries and bye weeks. If you're in a flex league, I think he's probably going to be someone you might target if you're kind of pushing down your second quarterback a little bit. Redraft... I don't think you're drafting a top quarterback though don't bother with the backup that's what we spoke about before is it I think you're only taking Derek Carr if you're drafting maybe the 10th 11th 12th quarterback off the board and you want a little bit of insurance
1: policy there um what do you think about Carr? Yeah he's just relentlessly mediocre I'd describe Carr as he's not somebody that ever really appeals to me when I'm drafting and the thing that you mentioned about his interceptions is quite interesting I think He's his last couple of seasons he's thrown 14 interceptions each season um which is a little bit of a worrying uptick and yeah he he does have quite a low floor i think car i do agree that the quality of his receivers has improved in new orleans but like i said at the start i don't see new orleans really challenging so i don't see him putting up big numbers but yeah he's he, he, he will get you a decent amount of points, but he's not someone you want to rely on.
0: Next up, the man I think will be throwing the majority of his passes to, and someone I've been extremely high on over this offseason. That is Chris Alave, someone who I pegged as one of my breakout candidates. Current ADP of wide receiver 14 who's going around early round three. I genuinely think he has a chance this year of being wide receiver five to eight. I don't, like you say, Saints aren't going to be hugely competitive. I would say is going to be good for some real good garbage time points at times during games where they're trying to play catch-up. This time next year, I honestly think he is one of those names that will be in the conversation for the wide receiver three in Dynasty startups behind, obviously, Chase and Jefferson. I think he's going to be in that mix. Last year, 26% target share, earning 1,042 yards. He was wide receiver 26, and he was sixth in yards per route run in the league. So for a rookie, they are... Absolutely mega numbers. And all of that was someone passes from, as I've already mentioned, Andy Dalton, James Winston and Taysom Hill. So expect to see some progress there as well. Only four touchdowns last year, though. So one of only three players with a 1,000 yards to achieve less than five touchdowns this year. Expect around eight, maybe. I think that's going to go up to, uh, to around that sort of region. Around 1,000 touchdowns, 1,300 yards. Higher wouldn't shock me. As I say, expect some garbage time points, and expect that leap in his progress is for me the classic year two wide receiver leap, which is something I always talk quite heavily in redraft. And I've got a good few shares of him as well this offseason, especially in Dennis, that I'm very, very happy with. Where I have reached for him a couple of times. I know you're not as high as me on Mister Alave, but where do we stand on him?
1: Yeah, I'll be honest, I haven't got him anywhere. I, I'm you not nowhere near as high out. as you are on Alave. <laughs> well, I rate Alave, but. He's, no, he's nowhere, he's he, I don't think he's anywhere near the class of Jefferson and Chase. And, you know, if, I, if I'm looking to draft a wide receiver in the first or second round, which is where, you know, you're going to want to take a, a wide receiver who you'll say is going to end up between five and eight. You know, I'm going to be choosing um, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, Stefan Diggs, AJ Brown, Amon Roy, all ahead oh, definitely, of them yeah. quite comfortably w- without even thinking about it. I think he'll have a good season and I think he'll improve but I think to rely on garbage time points would be would be a bit of a risk. Yeah. Um, and I, I do like him, but I think um, if you look uh, last season, he was only what in the top ten wide receivers twice. Um, so you know, in terms of big points, I don't know if he's going to get you them. I mean, I, I, I would not be surprised to have egg on my face, and I'm sure you'll <laughs> roll this clip out if I if I do. Um, but. But, yeah, I, I can't see him having as good a season. I don't think he'll be a top 10 wide receiver. He'll be a top 20 wide receiver.
0: I'm feeling a, uh, a plot line for Pestle versus Head uh, at some point this, uh, this
1: season. Yeah, very much so, yeah. Well, it's, it's better when we disagree. He's, He's... quite handsome,
0: actually. <laughs> and you know Sorry, what? I'm just look at his, that his picture. He's quite handsome. Um, I, I think it's for me, it's that case of, for fantasy, opportunity often trumps talent when it comes to redrafting and you're right everyone you mentioned there is probably more likely to be around that five to eight and i would draft every single one of those without hesitation over him in redraft but it is perhaps have a bigger opportunity than some of those aforementioned players as well Mm. alongside him michael thomas is adp has been gradually climbing through the offseason actually so we wrote these notes a couple of weeks ago but a bit of a delayed record on this and he's gone from then wide receiver 46 up to wide receiver 42 around that round 8 9 sort of stage <sighs> i've got written down for him who knows yeah. because 2020 he had seven games 2021 he had no games 2022 he had three games we've not really seen him since 2019 where he had that absolute phenomenal season but in the three games last year he scored three touchdowns on 16 receptions uh, he had a solid red zone role as well I know it's a very small sample size, but you can only perform in the games you're active in. And he did perform. I think where he's going around that point, is there a single wide receiver going in that 40 to 45 bracket that has the chance and the talent to potentially give you a couple of wide receiver one weeks and then maybe a steady flex floor for the rest of the season? Camp seems to be going well. We've said before, camp goes well for everybody. Something's gone horribly wrong if he gets reported you're having a bad camp, and he appears to be fit. I've underlined appears, and then follow that with let's see. What about you? what are you thinking on? It comes mm. to Michael Thomas.
1: Yeah, if, if you if you draft in Thomas, you, you, you're taking a bit of a punt, aren't you? you you've got no reliability there. Um, his injuries. We, we don't we don't tend to draft on injury, but I think you have to with Thomas. You have to bear that in mind, just because he's had at such injury hit season. So an elite talent or wasn't elite talent, but yeah, you are drafting on a bit of a wing in a prayer with Thomas, but he's worth a punt.
0: Looking around that region then, so we'll look at a couple before and a couple after. Would you rather Michael Thomas or Brandon Cooks? Um, I think Brandon Cooks, actually. I know the answer to this one, but I'll ask you anyway. Michael Thomas or TikTok Smith-Schuster? <laughs> yeah, Michael Thomas. The interesting one, Michael Thomas or Jackson smith in Jigba.
1: Yeah, I mean, he has got some competition, hasn't he? And we need to see how that's going to shake out, really, don't we? Um, so, I think I'd probably go Thomas, just because I think with Carr, he's probably going to get a decent amount of target.
0: And then probably copy and paste the next one as well, Michael Thomas or Quentin Johnston.
1: Yeah, I think I'd go Thomas. Johnston is, again, a bit of a... Rookies are especially... You know, rookies like, like, like Johnston, Smith and Jigby you don't really know how much work they're going to get yet. I think you'd expect Thomas to be wide receiver two behind Olave, wouldn't you? And so looking at those, all players around there are gamble. There's Question marks over all of them, was not there?
0: Mm. But Michael Thomas, we at least have the background that we've got that potential, yeah. don't we? And finally for our receivers, Rashid Shahid, someone that I know Tom is a big fan of. ADP 68, round 15-16. So that last round flyer in re potentially undrafted. I think it's potentially a very useful later-round pickup, especially if Thomas does struggle. If Thomas doesn't match anything like what we've seen from before, Rashid Shaheed could find himself being the wide receiver too there. Mm. He had a solid twenty twenty two, only 488 yards and two touchdowns, but he didn't see meaningful snaps until week 12. If you go back to our Sleepers show, that's where Tom spoke about him and that progress he made from Special teams to the main roster showed that trust and he repaid that trust as well. He had three top 36 weeks for fantasy, including wide receiver 15 with 18.5 points in week 15. You can't ask for much more from someone you're going to be drafting with potentially your last pick of the draft. No, it doesn't sound great being three times top 36 wide receiver, but if you're drafting round 15, 16 and you get that in a flex where it's not so often, that's pretty good. Not many round 16 picks for me offer that same upside so I've said countless times it's become a little bit of a common theme in redraft standard redraft don't draft your kicker don't draft your defense this is sort of play you take that dice roll on and if anything in camp does come out about Thomas he could really pay you back far beyond the draft capital you're spending on him
1: yeah Shaheen has quite high ceiling potentially so he's definitely worth that punt and he's someone I've kept an eye on since Tom mentioned him um yeah definitely a good pick up Another recurring theme for the season, let's talk about running backs who are currently going through legal disputes.
0: Hmm. Alvin Kamara seems to be all resolved. Little sidebar on that. Um, been listened to on Audible, Mike Florio's book, Playmakers, which talks about lots of the good, the bad, and the ugly, really, of the NFL. And there's a really interesting chapter in there talking about various uh, player disciplinary proceedings, how the NFL go about handling that. And when you're looking at the history of some of those, especially looking at Ray Rice a number of years ago as well, it does shed a bit of light on why that NFL process is the way it is. So, away from fantasy, my little top tip if you need a little bit of off-season reading or listening. Alvin Kamara is currently going as the running back 22. When I made these notes two or three weeks ago, he was going off the board at running back 26. So, he is climbing and that shorter ban of only three games Think is added to that as well. I think in the immediate aftermath of his shorter ban being announced, he was going much higher. That was seeing him go around 3-4, which was people getting very overexcited. I think really it's about right that that name value will probably cause that ADP to continue to climb as we get close to the season. You've mentioned a few times before the more casual fantasy fans will often go for household names, won't they? And Alvin Kamara is certainly that. I think especially that Christmas Day performance of six touchdowns has ingrained him into the minds of fantasy football players. His receiving work has dropped considerably, and that is where my main concern comes in for him. So from week 13 to 18, he didn't catch more than two passes in a single game. And previously in his career, he's been good for five or six a game. The days of those 10-plus reception games that we've seen at times, they seem to be long gone. And his target share fell from 22% to 11%, which is quite a dramatic fall. And is when we face that competition for goal line work from the gentleman we're going to talk about next. But last year he still finished as running back 15. It was inconsistency though, which is something we often see from our running backs. I think it's fair value round six to seven, is unlikely to be your RB one. For me, in the way I draft, is unlikely to be my R B two if I'm drafting in round six or seven. So Alvin Kamara in your flex once again, similar to Michael Thomas with some of those potential running back one weeks thrown in there a couple of times during the year, could be really good. But if he rises much further than round six, I will not get any of him for the rest of this offseason.
1: Yeah, you've, you've you've hit exactly the two things that i made notes on. I'm worried about the drop-off in his receptions and he's going to lose a lot of goal line work to Jamal Williams. So he's not got much upside, Kamara. And, you know, with those first three games suspended, if Jamal Williams has a great first few games, then instantly Kamara's running back two, isn't he there? And He's going to face competition from the other back. So, yeah, he's not someone that I, I'd, want to, I'd want to risk at the moment.
0: Jamal Williams kind of steadily been around the RB35 for most of the offseason. So, around round nine, 2022, 41 carries inside the 10 yard line for 13 touchdowns, 17 touchdowns in total in the season. Only 12 receptions, though. So, that's where that's potentially. The bonus for Kamara is that he's not having many receptions poached from Jamal Williams. Even better value if Kamara doesn't end up hitting it in the way we expect it. But expect Taysom Hill to be annoying around the goal line as well. I hate Taysom Hill still being relevant, but he's bound to ruin fantasy weeks for at times. Uh, for me, Jamal Williams is where I have to remind myself of something that I said on a previous show, is looking at those outlier seasons as well. And the name we've got written down here, and we've said it several times before. I think Cordaro Patterson. Kordaral uh, Patterson had a Jamal Williams-like year a couple of years ago and then fell off straight away and reverted back to where he had been for the entirety of his career. That's why I would only take Jamal Williams if I was wanting to take that real punt, maybe if he dropped down a bit further into round 10. I can't imagine though, I've not got much of him at all, I don't think I've actually drafted him anywhere yet this
1: off-season he's not someone I'd go out of my way to target either. Like you said, I think you said he got 17 touchdowns last season and in the the previous five seasons combined, he got like 14 or 15 touchdowns. So it really was a freak season. He's not going to get those numbers again. He had a great season last season and we're not saying it's a one-off necessarily, but yeah, that word outlier, he won't repeat that this season. I think we can pretty much confirm that.
0: Someone I am actively targeting is ADP though is Condre Miller. At the time of writing this, he was going ADP of running back 44. Checking just for his voice record, he's dropped down to running back 57. I'm not really sure why that drop is. Is it the rumours of Kareem Hunt over the last couple of weeks? Uh, I'm glad Kareem Hunt hasn't signed there because that would ruin Condre Miller for
1: me completely. Is it maybe because of the Kamara news? That, that yeah, Kamara possibly. just being suspended for a few games?
0: Yeah, possibly. Condre um, Miller is a bit of a sleeper. And he was one of my sleeper picks earlier in the off-season as well. He was a round three pick. And he did drop because of that MCL injury that limited him through the combine, and has limited him at the start of training camp. But he is back, and he's had a decent performance in preseason games. As well, he's got a route to volume, and my justification for that is the negatives we discussed of Kamara and Williams. In a world where Kamara doesn't hit, in a world where Jamal Williams goes back to being the Jamal Williams we have known previous years, Condre Miller has that route, to that volume, and the draft capital of round three is significant for a running back. Is your prototypical build cow potential, and follow the opportunity. He's someone I am targeting, but I think he's unlikely to give you that week in week out value in redraft. It will be a case of picking the games. It could be a case of you're lucky if you've drafted him or you time on the waiver wire correctly when Williams or Kamara might miss time as running backs so often do. But when it comes to dynasty, he's someone I'm targeting quite heavily. Um, especially when you're looking at his production at college was ridiculous. 6.7 yards per carry is the fourth running back selected off the board. He's young, he's still only 21. He's ticking so many boxes. So if you're going to take a gamble on any young running back late in your draft, I think he's probably the one.
1: Yeah, stash him in dynasty. He's really explosive. He he is a sleeper and I think he's got potential to be absolutely brilliant. Um, And again, he gets that... Benefit of those three weeks while Kamara suspended. So yeah, stash him in dynasty. Finally, then the tight end. So
0: Javon Johnson, ADP of tight end twenty-two, round fifteen, or undrafted last year. Forty-two receptions for five hundred eight yards. He's very streaky. He had five top twelve games, but he also had six games with less than five points, including two games where he was active and got nothing. Um, in short, I'm not targeting Javon Johnson and can't imagine I will draft him anywhere. Any more? Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. Next up, <laughs> Taysom Hill is was I, I get fed up at Taysom Hill because you don't know what to expect from him. I'm sure he will take some snaps at quarterback in some sort of trick plays. He's bound to have his token week of getting 25 points, then everyone rushes to the waiver wire for him. I'm not targeting him anywhere though. Uh, in redraft, I won't target him anywhere in dynasty. He does like he's gonna be a pure tight end this year. Those wildcat days probably are over. But in best ball, it's worth a dart throw late. There aren't many players you can pick up at the stage of picking up Taysom Hill that
1: have the potential to give you one massive week in the way that he does. Yeah, I can't add to that. That's the only place I'll target him, like really late rounds in, in, in best ball, nowhere else.
0: And finally, Foster Moreau, um, currently going tight end 40. Well, he's going undrafted, not pretty much drafted. He's not being drafted. But like I've said already, you can't completely rule out that familiarity with Derek Carr. He potentially is going to have one or two relevant weeks. The main thing for him is it's remarkable he's on a roster at all and like to play after being diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma, just diagnosed by the Saints during his medical. So it's a nice story for him, but is unlikely to be fancy relevant when you look at the pure fancy side of the game rather than all those other factors. So Saints wise, then
1: what are we thinking for their season? Um, well, they're they're in that. Toilet division, aren't they? <laughs> so anything could happen there. Uh, books, Saints, Panthers. Who's the who am I forgetting? Balkans. Balkans. Yeah. So you know, any, I, I think anyone could win it apart from the books. Really, the the other three might be in with a shout, but I think whoever wins that league will probably have a negative record. I can't see anyone having a winning record in that division. It, it's it's a really low quality division. I think the
0: the the bonus that Saints have got is they have the more reliable quarterback out of all of those four teams, don't they? True. Yeah, we could well be talking about a playoff team. And there are a couple of players on there could really carry them and surprises. Say, So hopefully, Alave will surprise you. And I can, as we said, roll yes. out those uh, clips. Yeah, videos. yeah. I
1: suppose you, we've got Derek Carr, then two rookies and Baker Mayfield. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Well, we have rambled on a little bit more than we usually do. But the Saints are yeah, always yeah. a fancy, relevant team and always an interesting team for the NFL in general as well, and some potentially interesting players in there for your fantasy teams. Finally, our next show will be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as we finish the Deep Dive series. So all there is left to say is keep your eyes peeled over the next couple of weeks on our social media pages. Malcolm, where can people find us?
1: TH underscore fantasy underscore NFL on instagram and twitter
0: because we have a very special announcement coming your way on september the 5th make sure you put it in your diaries make sure you rush straight to th underscore fancy underscore nfl on twitter and instagram you hear exciting news on that day but that is for a couple of weeks so in the meantime malcolm we need to prep for the book
1: take us home you have been listening to pestle and Ed of th fantasy football for more content, follow tdh underscore fantasy underscore NFL on Instagram and Twitter.